Hello, friends. This week, I am so excited to talk to you about placing radical trust in your sensations and not your sentences. This has been a huge theme that I've seen coming up in the world in my own journey and with my clients and colleagues and family is just radical, radical, radical trust. So in this episode, I will talk about why we normally trust our sentences, why it doesn't work, how to trust our sensations, and why that does work. And I will go ahead and break down what that means exactly, sentences versus sensations, but it's just um, a little tool that I came up with to help us kind of lighten the mood when our brains are telling us lots of things and we're having lots of doubts about ourselves. And before we dive in, I do want to talk about my one-on-one coaching program. If you're finding any of these tools useful for you and you're really wanting to up-level your life in authenticity, vulnerability, or achieving any goal, I would love to chat with you. You can set up a chemistry call with me, which is an hour chat where we just talk about what's going on in your, in your life, how I can support you, and what it is that you are wanting to create. So you can find the link for that in the bio, or you can head over to um, thebadassacademy.com to find the link for that chemistry call. So diving in now to the episode, trust is one of those things that requires us to give up control, which if you're a type A personality that loves to know where things are going, what's going to happen, and like what I can do now to keep moving things forward, then you know that trust is probably one of your biggest pain points. So I want to talk about how you are actually already trusting yourself greatly, just not in the most useful way, and how to stop trusting the voices that you do trust now so that you can tap into the trusting part of you that will never lead you astray. So just as the world goes around the sun, held together by gravity and energy that we can't see, What's also true about our lives is that they are held together and directed towards our purpose and destiny and what we really desire by an energy that we cannot see, but that we can definitely feel, which is our intuition. And these are the sensations in our body, and it's how we can check what is ultimately true for us. So what do we normally trust? are the sentences in our brain, our mind, our ideas. Why do we normally trust our mind and our ideas in the first place? Well, we as humans love to really understand and see how things fit together. It's a vital tool to the evolution of our species to be able to use our imagination to dream and create and see things that don't exist before. And this is an incredible tool But when we turn it up, when we turn up the imagination too strongly, then we begin to go into overthinking and overwhelm. Because we love to use the brain to create, we also try and use the brain to explain and justify. Look at, you know, how all the pieces fit together perfectly. It's very in like the, how do I do this? How is it going to work? And I'm not saying that that's bad. It has its time and place, but what I am saying is that the brain is also very, very prone to being influenced by the opinions of others. When we start to look outside ourselves to look for inspiration, rules of how to do things, tips and tricks and strategies to follow, 
which is, you know, a great way to get into the imagination stirring and get excited. But those tips and trips, tricks and strategies and inspiration is always just a first step. It gets our mind creating sentences about the possibilities and the ways of doing things. And that's kind of what it looks like on um, the golden or the positive end. And then on the other side, when we are listening to our sentences, listening to our minds and the doubts and ideas and parts of our identity that we just, you know, really struggle with, then we tend to go into overwhelm and confusion, anxiety, drama. We take a long time making decisions and don't actually take actions towards the things that you really want. So things that you might have been taught growing up, right? Make wise, logical decisions. Don't make rash or quick decisions. Spur of the moment judgments are catastrophic. You can't be trusted after 10 p.m., which may or may not be true. Um, In my experience, I usually don't make the best decisions after 10, but that is just because of, you know, you're less able to kind of figure out and disconnect from those sentences in the brain. But all of these things, right, harness your urges, control your appetites. And that kind of leads us to believe that our bodies cannot be trusted. Our instincts cannot be trusted and that the mind is the way to, you know, really make good quality decisions. And what I want to offer here is that These ideas are actually talking about reactions to things that we do in our environment and not actually the sensations of our inner truth. That feels very different in the body of an impulse of a reaction versus like what is true when you drop into that like inner knowing, which I'm going to talk about how to do that in a second. But first, kind of talking about why it doesn't work to trust your sentences. Sorry if you hear that, the garage door is opening below me. So an example of something that I was working through with a client this week was her learning how to trust her hunger after years of tracking macros, cleaning the plate, and eating when other people were eating. So when she would ask herself, am I hungry? Her brain offered up stories like, well, I could eat. Chocolate sounds good. I always overthink what I eat. I don't know what to eat or if it's the right thing or the right time. Sound familiar? Some other common ones are eating is always fun. I'm kind of bored, so I guess that means I'm hungry. You may even like feel a sensation like like you ask yourself, am I hungry? And then you can like start to imagine a little tummy grumble. But the focus is on the words and kind of talking yourself in or out of if you're hungry, what you should eat, and not on the actual sensations of the body. Versus when you try to ask yourself if you're hungry, you're really asking your stomach, is there a tightness? Is there an emptiness? Is there a grumble? Am I noticing any lightheadedness or lack of focus? It's not based on emotion. It's not based on what the brain thinks, because of course, chocolate always sounds good. Or if you don't like chocolate, then it's, you know, you're going to have your thing that just sounds good. So my client was so used to listening to her brain tell her if she was hungry or not and how much to eat. She was so used to listening to what other people were eating, how much was on her plate and the sentences that that created and not her actual hunger sensations 
the intuitive knowing of what to eat that just wasn't as loud because she was used to listening to the sentences, but the signals and the sensations were still there. So another example is life purpose. So earlier this week, I was having a chemistry call with someone that wanted to feel connected to her purpose. She felt disconnected and unsure of exactly what it would look like. So her sentences were, I used to feel connected to my purpose, but now I don't know how. It's so far out there. It's kind of nebulous. Like, I just can't seem to connect with it. I haven't seen the perfect career for me. What is a purpose anyway? What happened? It just slipped away. And you can sense that confusion right off the bat when you're asking your brain to help you find something outside of you, which is like asking your brain to, like, (laughs) find somebody else's toes and tell you what it feels like. It's just like... Let me just feel my toes for a second. It's so much easier. And when you're looking all over the place for your purpose, trying to catch a shooting star as it flies by, that actually starts to breed distrust with yourself. Because when you're overthinking, when you're trying to figure out what is right for you, you focus on what you don't have. And when you are focusing on what you don't have, you're not able to focus on the inner wisdom that you do have in the present moment. And that's what happens when we believe the sentences. And, you know, in the, in the thought work and personal development, you know, mindset world, particularly with a mindset background, which is where I come from, there's this idea that, you know, thoughts cause feelings, and that is true. And you can't always track what thought causes what feeling like oftentimes you'll have a thought or a sentence that you don't really believe it's not true to your true nature and so it kind of comes in and when you start to identify it and believe it it feels terrible and it makes you think that you have to do things a certain way and I love mindset work a large chunk of my coaching is really looking at how you are viewing a problem And changing the way you think about the problem because that is so powerful to be able to look at the ideas that you don't really agree with but have been programmed into your brain and you've been operating by and just kind of disconnect from that and watch the solutions flow out. And what I'm learning and seeing now is that sometimes, you know, these thoughts and this idea that thoughts cause feelings creates a division between us and our brain like we kind of treat our brain like this annoying child like I wish my brain would just kind of shut up and stop giving me these sentences and then it creates a lack of safety within yourself like there's a part of you that just you just want to like you go away instead of recognizing right that your brain does have wonderful strengths and when you turn those up too strongly that's kind of when it starts to get in the way. Or sometimes what happens on the other side is that we don't trust our feelings. We only trust our thoughts because feelings don't always make sense and they can't always be explained. Therefore, in our brain's eye, they're not reliable because we can't see it. We can't explain it. It's not linear. But have you guys ever gone on like a couple dates with someone and been like, you know, well, he's okay. He did say like this rude thing that kind of like off put me a little bit and made me uncomfortable. I, I, I could give him a second chance. But then when you, you know, look in and trust your inner knowing, your body's like, whoa, sister, slow down. This does not feel right. If that's ever happened, then you do know what your intuition feels like. 
And so here's what's true, is that ignoring the emotions and the intuitive red flags, what I'm talking about here is intuition feelings, not the overwhelm and the anxiety. We don't need to listen to those, but that's a a topic for another time, is that not trusting those intuitive red flags is not reliable because you waste all sorts of time doing things that you don't want to do, and that's not a reliable way of creating your life, which cannot and should not ever be built by others' rules because that doesn't make any sense. So it would stand to logic, I don't know if that's correct grammar, but it's fine, that if you want to create your life, then you should follow your rules and your intuition, which is where trust comes in. So how to trust your sensations. Thinking back to the best decision that you've ever made, it probably didn't make sense on one level, right? The best decisions and creations don't have to make complete sense. Otherwise, the startup world, the startup community wouldn't ever come to fruition. Art would be non-existent. Like Picasso, people would be like, okay, whatever. But there is a part of us, there is this human spirit, this yin to our yang that longs for the expression of things that don't make sense, but somehow click into the bodies. There would be no need for clowns because that tickles somebody's fancy out there for some reason. And there would be no underwater basket weavings or even this idea of it because it makes no sense, but We find it funny. We find it humorous because it connects to some part of our inner child, this playfulness that's inside of us. Our best decisions don't need a long list of justifications, which is oftentimes a forms of just convincing ourselves that something isn't right. They don't even need to be thought about for a long time. Decisions are made in a second when we have that inner knowing and we decide to trust it your fire alarm goes on, there's an inner knowing that says, get out of your house, and you decide to trust it. There is a feeling of, you know what? Don't go down that alley today. Don't go on the same street for some reason. And you're like, okay, I don't really know. And then you find out later that there was a massive car accident. And you don't really know why you were told by your intuition not to do it but you follow it and then you're so grateful. And the more you do that, the more you do that, you start to build trust with yourself, right? So kind of going back to how do you trust your sensations? So this is how you like locate your intuition in your body. Think of a time that you made an amazing decision. How did you feel before you made that decision? What emotion? Was it true? Was it calm, certain? sure, excited, like lit up with that emotion, that's the inner knowing. How does it speak to you and what does it feel like? I feel this inner knowing as a steady core, just like extending down all the way through my body, like like a tree kind of. And when I connect to it, I feel also like this pulling upwards. That's how I know that I've located my inner truth Some people say it's a gut feeling. Some people's heart glows. Some people like feel a warmth in their chest. 
some people's like pelvic floor muscles pulse and they actually like get wet. That's the way that their inner knowing speaks to them. The ways are so varied that I've heard, but it doesn't have to be a gut feeling and it doesn't have to be listening to your heart. Like I have to say, I've never had a gut feeling ever or a calling from my heart because that's not where my inner truth speaks to me. So every person is going to be different. So when you are making a decision between, you know, two things, I like to just put them out in front of me written down, not with the pro con list, but really coming into it with a clear brain. You can take a couple deep breaths if you want to before, or if your brain is really cluttered, I just like to type out like rampantly type everything out just to, you know, get things out of my brain, allow it to be heard out. And then, you know, just kind of let that go and release it. And then come back to connect with that sensation of the inner truth, knowing that it doesn't need to make sense. You don't need to know how and it's going to guide you to the next decision. It's not going to show you the whole staircase to heaven. It's going to show you the next step. So when you have this ideas, you're using your brain to come up up with these ideas. And then the next step is to run that through your inner filter. Does eating keto feel good? in my body? Does it feel like a good idea? Or does it feel like a swear word (laughs) taking over your body like it does to me? Does planning out your marketing content feel like like a blanket of security? Does it make your nerdy heart feel joyful? Or does it make you feel choked and constrained? These are indicators of your inner guidance system to see if the sentences and the ideas offered by other people are right for you. So coming back to this career example, and I realized that with career, it doesn't feel that simple because there are so many strategies, so many ways, so many possibilities, and the brain's not actually built for, excuse me, a lot of options. Like they did this study once at, I don't remember if it was Yale or Harvard, like, oh, I think it was Stanford. Anyways, of this gummy bear experiment, they set up a table that said free gummy bears and they offered people two flavors. And I think it took people like an average of 17 seconds to decide. Maybe it was even shorter. And a bunch of people, I'm going to say more than three quarters, like I don't remember the exact statistics, so I'm just kind of winging it here. It was like 95% of people said that they were satisfied with their decision just from two options. And then they repeated the same experiment on the same campus, but provided people with like 20 gummy bear flavors. And it took people an average of a minute and a half to make a decision. And it was something closer to 30% were satisfied with their decision. Most other people were questioning if they did the right thing. And that for sure is what happens with career. So kind of going back to this idea of focusing on what you don't know about all the possibilities, if that brings up a feeling of overwhelm instead of excitement and like, ooh, this is so fun to imagine the possibilities, you want to kind of bring it back and limit your options to what is in your immediate future. So with this client, I had this chemistry call with, right? She said that she didn't have a purpose or she didn't know it. And she had used meditation before as a tool to help her heal some of her physical ailments. So she was already connected to her body, and that is so good because that's the first step. Connecting to your body, feeling your fingers and toes, 
putting your hand on your heart, rubbing lotion over your body, like going for a run and not with music necessarily, but just to kind of like feel in and get your heart beating, asking your body what it feels like. So instead of using the sentences to overfocus on what you don't know, which shuts out you, which shuts you out from trusting your inner compass and your sensations, which is sending you signals right now and thinking of what do I know? Like when I do yoga, I feel absolutely lit. When I speak in front of a large crowd of people, I feel so connected. When I'm in a room with a client offering them a service, I feel overjoyed. I am when I'm being offered money to do X, Y, Z. That's another sign. This thing comes really naturally. These are sensation-based questions that can help us to tap into the trust that we already do have now. It's very clear with eating, a baby knowing hunger and fullness because the sensations in its body are so clear. That's what they have before words came in and they were able to kind of think through things analytically. So we were born sanely as the ability to feel hunger and fullness we're also born with the ability to know whether the person holding you was safe or not. If you liked being in the park or in the ocean more. And that ability never went away. We were born with it as babies and we still have it now. So why does it work? When we look into our intuition and run everything through this inner filter, well, it takes much less time. Instead of spending hours, weeks, years, spinning in overwhelm of what should I do? Should I leave? Should I stay? Should I move? Should I, you know, make a meal plan in this way, X, Y, Z? Am I doing it wrong? You just come back to the moment and you make, you make faster decisions because you trust what's there right in front of you. And if it's not exactly what you anticipated, it's like, okay, fine. I trust myself to just make the decision. And if that doesn't work, I trust myself to pivot. And so all of a sudden, you're able to move through the world. And I don't say all of a sudden because this is a process. It's a daily thing of connecting with your intuition and making decisions. But as you become more and more well-versed and listening to those sensations, you're able to move more dynamically through the world. You make a decision, you evaluate, you pivot if, you, if it needs to be. And then you check in what's the next step. You can still have that end direction in mind. And that's really important so that you know where you're going. But then also knowing that you trust yourself for that to change if that ever does start to feel wrong. It becomes much less dramatic. You're less up in your brain, experiencing less overwhelm, less anxiety. And that doesn't mean that you always listen to those feelings as well. But again, that's a topic for another time. It just means that you are focusing and refocusing and refocusing on what is true for you. And your body becomes more accessible to you at any time. You develop more trust for yourself. You learn how to make your own rules. And you use other ideas, other people's ideas of what's possible for you but you don't make other people's ideas and strategies a rule for you. You always allow yourself to be your own inner authority. So that, friends, is how to play, place radical trust in your sensations and not your sentences. Oh, this felt so good to share with you guys today. 
I hope that you found it useful and I hope that you make one small decision today to tap into that inner knowing and to make a decision from what feels absolutely, yes, this is true for me today. I guess for you today. What's true for you today, not for me. (laughs) Okay. Hello friends, if you found this podcast useful, I would love, love, love if you would take a moment of your time to head over to the iTunes podcast to give this podcast a review and a star rating. This helps me to get the tools of badassery out into the ears of more incredible women and men and to further the work of living authentically and vulnerability vulnerability in the world so if you found this podcast useful head on over to the itunes podcast store and show the not your basic badass podcast a little bit of love and talk to you soon